Yes, it is. And welcome back Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. Sometimes objects in the rear view mirror appear farther than they are. Anyone recall the years 2017 to 2021? Fascism, they said. Tyrant, they called him. Racism, they said. Threat to the Constitution, they called him. Existential threat to the country, they said. Now, they just say it about all Republicans. But those years were not that long ago. I remember them, don't you? Now, with all that fascism and tyranny, please explain to me how Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House then and somehow still is. Remind me how Chuck Schumer was the leader of the U.S. Senate and somehow still is. Can someone tell me one example, one, where an opponent of Donald Trump's or conservatives or conservatism was silenced or banned, much less gulagged, the kinds of things tyrants and fascists do? What do Democrats do? Well, they call their opponents these names, and you'll recall from earlier broadcasts here, it's nothing new. Barry Goldwater's convention had Mein Kampf as its Bible, said the San Francisco Examiner and a famous national columnist. An entire magazine dedicated itself to a cover story of mental health experts claiming Goldwater was mentally unfit to hold the office of the presidency. Anyone here remember Bush Hitler? In 1980, Jimmy Carter said Ronald Reagan injected racism into his campaign. Here's a headline from 1985. Quote, Congressional Black Caucus calls Reagan racist. Close quote. It's nothing new. What's new is the permission, the sanction. It's been given by leaders of the Democratic Party and the corporate media. Jamie Harrison, chairman of the Democratic National Committee, said on national television only two months ago, quote, the Republican Party has become a party of fascism and fear, close quote. By the way, he wasn't arrested. He was speaking of the whole party. Think about the fascism, the curtailment of civil liberties, the suspensions of habeas corpus, and, of course, the fear. Think about all those Republicans, from Anthony Fauci to governors like Cuomo and Whitmer and Newsom, who implanted fear in the population over the coronavirus, overseeing the seizures of property and travel. No, they weren't Republicans. You're right. It's almost as if words have totally lost their meaning. Donald Trump and the Republicans wanted businesses and schools to stay open. They're the fascists. And, of course, the deaths have expanded and increased under Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Got that? Trump killed Americans, not fit to be president because of 220,000 deaths on his watch. End of story. Well, a year into the thing, and with a vaccine, Biden killed more. Actually killed more. With a year's experience and a vaccine that did not exist for Donald Trump. And what's the result? Nothing. Except quiet concession to everything like you and me said. Have COVID? Go back to work if you need to, or if your industry, like the hospital industry, needs you. Want to avoid getting very sick from COVID or dying? Look at your own underlying conditions and work on those. Need to wear a mask? Those cloth masks... The one everyone admits and sells won't work. Think about it. We've gone from you need a vaccine to go to work 
to even go to work if you are sick with COVID. Here's the headline from Becker's Hospital Review you probably would have bet your life against ever seeing. From today, quote, the California Department of Public Health temporarily revised its guidelines to allow healthcare workers who test positive for COVID-19 to return to work immediately without isolation or testing if they are asymptomatic, close quote. Now, what was this business about lying if you said asymptomatic spread wasn't that big of a concern? What was that business? Oh, you got banned. You got told you were questioning or denying science. So about the fascism and tyranny of Donald Trump's again, can anyone give me one single solitary example of it? All the curtailments of freedom were against him and his supporters. This is what happens when my truth eclipses the truth. And one other thing, all that racism, all those BLM protests and riots and banners, I guess we solved it. When's the last time anyone made a thing of it? Kind of interesting how quickly a systematically racist country can fix itself. And one other thing, as New York City is now giving voting rights to non-citizens, an idea I heard on the Mike Gallagher show today. Let's do everything we can to make sure those non-citizens are from Russia and bam, no more Russian collusion or interference. I guess voting rights and the sanctity of our elections, including foreign influence operations, dissipate when you allow non-citizens to vote in the first place if you assume they're going to vote Democrat. Just as I guess questioning the legitimacy of a president is okay if your name is Al Gore, Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, Jimmy Carter, or Kamala Harris's new communications director, Jamal Hill, who routinely tweeted that previous Republican presidents were not legitimately elected the new communications director for the vice president. You see, after all, it's about nothing claimed by the Democrats. It's about a one-party state where Democrats are the only legitimate party in America. And that, my friends, is tyranny and fascism. I closed the show yesterday quoting Whitaker Chambers about how it was, how it was so many Democrats were so silent about communist infiltration in America. It's worth doing so again here, for it still applies. It was not treason, Chambers wrote. Men who sincerely abhorred the word communism in the pursuit of common ends found that they were unable to distinguish communists from themselves. For men who could not see that what they firmly believed was liberalism added up to socialism, and they could scarcely be expected to see what added up to communism as the socialism that they thought their liberalism was. Any charge of communism enraged them precisely because they could not grasp the difference between themselves and those against whom it was made. So it was that the Hiss spy ring was covered up for nearly a decade. When he aimed at communism, Chambers confessed, he, quote, hit something else. It was, he said, quote, that great social revolution which in the name of liberalism has been inching its ice cap over the nation for two decades. Close quote. That was in 1952. It was that same year, 1952, that Irving Kristol wrote his essay on civil liberties and Joe McCarthy, writing the following quote. It is a calamitous error to believe that because a vulgar demagogue lashes out at both communism and liberalism as identical, it is necessary to protect communism in order to defend liberalism. 
This way of putting the matter will surely shock liberals who are convinced that it is only they who truly understand communism and who thoughtfully oppose it. They are nonetheless mistaken, for there is one thing that the American people know about Senator Joe McCarthy. He, like them, is unequivocally anti-communist. About the spokesman of American liberalism, they know no such thing and with justification. Close quote. Same can be said now. Think about Hillary Clinton's treatment by Donald Trump during the 2016 campaign. I was having a discussion with a friend this morning about it. Trump was the irresponsible demagogue. Didn't everyone know that? Leave aside everything about Hillary Clinton and her illegal and secret email accounts and servers. Leave aside her callous disregard for American life in Libya. Go back to her husband's perjury and sexual misconduct for a moment. First, remember, it came on the heels of a new wave of feminism that had taken hold in law and culture where the most basic form of sexual harassment was a superior having sexual relations with a subordinate. Because we were told the subordinate could not give full consent. Hillary Clinton helped make that so. The Clarence Thomas hearings made that catechism. So when her husband was the accused, she went on national television and called the charges a vast right-wing conspiracy. We laughed at the time, but think about that phrase in all its import. Consider, vast means huge, big, everywhere. Right-wing means extremist, and conspiracy invokes illegality. In other words, she shopped the phrase that Republicans were guilty for the charge. They were all extremists everywhere and operating as criminals. Extremists everywhere engaging in criminality. She was rewarded with encomiums and seen as the hero of feminism and liberalism. How many recall her husband was actually disbarred and fined nearly seven figures because of his conduct. More than Richard Nixon and Spiro Agnew combined. But of course, irresponsible rhetoric and behavior was to be blamed on Trump, just as it was blamed on Goldwater, Reagan, and the Bushes in years past. How's come? If all others accepted the lie which the party imposed, if all records told the same tale, then the lie passed into history and became the truth. Who controls the past, ran the party slogan, controls the future. Who controls the present, controls the past, wrote Orwell, and he went on. To know and not to know, to be conscious of complete truthfulness while telling carefully constructed lies, to hold simultaneously two opinions which cancel doubt, knowing them to be contradictory and believing in them both, to use logic against logic, to repudiate morality while laying claim to it, to believe that democracy was impossible and that the party was the guardian of democracy, to forget whatever it was necessary to forget, then to draw it back into memory again at the moment when it was needed, and then promptly to forget it again, and above all, to apply the same process to the process itself. That was the ultimate subtlety, consciously to induce unconsciousness, and then, once again, to become unconscious of the act of hypnosis you had just performed, close quote. If you don't see this happening or taking place or suffusing our political and social, social culture, you are purblind. We have gone from a concept in this country known as a Republican form of government with a Bill of Rights to allow for majoritarian rule, accepting the violation of individual or civil liberties and natural rights, the constitutionalism of which, per James Madison, was to control passions, 
or government by accident and chance, as Alexander Hamilton put it. We've left that as the one-partiers found these strictures constraining, limiting, stinting of all they wanted when they wanted it. We slipped into an amazing conversion and inversion of constitutionalism taking place before our very eyes. Not a tyranny of the majority, which is what Madison and Hamilton feared, but a tyranny of the minority, which begins with silent nullifications, continues with the vitiating of individual rights, particularly as found in the First Amendment, and gets an assist with the defamation and writing out of responsible viewpoint your opponent's questions and arguments. Pretty soon, you no longer have to worry about tyrannies of the majority anymore. You find yourself constrained inside a tyranny of the minority, all the while where those who challenge them are called tyrants. Of course, we, however, are the existential threats to democracy. Meanwhile, as we watch the president and Democrats tell us, if we don't have massive federal election reform, we will be continuing a big lie. They assure us the 2020 election was perfect and without suppression or fraud. Truly, in a world where words matter and where thought is more advanced than double-digit IQ, you cannot have both things be true. Say it with me. Double think. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I always chuckle a little when that song comes up. It's a great song in and of itself, at least that version of it. <laughs> but I'm often um, put in mind of how often I saw the hippies in college, the deadheads in college, dancing to that, gyrating and singing to it, you know, the peaceniks, all the while not realizing they were gyrating and dancing in the name of peace to a war song, a song about war. Those aren't uh, reverse Mondegreen lyrics. Those aren't Mondegreen lyrics. Those are real lyrics in a real language of a tribe. And it's about war. It's about going to war and defeating your enemy. All right. I don't mean to scare you. I really don't. I'm not in the business of frightening. If anything, I try to be in the business of perspective, calming, and kind of taking just a step back and Realizing that if things sound too bad to be true, they usually are. And if something sounds too good to be true, it usually is. We can think of politicians that way, too, can't we? I mean, we went through this with Ted Cruz. <laughs> We've gone through it with a lot of pol political leaders. One might even say Donald Trump. One might even say that. But here's something that will probably legitimately frighten you. And it takes me back. Do you guys remember Lucy Ann Goldberg? She was uh, the woman who was involved in the taping of uh, the conversations between Monica Lewinsky and Linda Tripp, who's a New York uh, publicity agent, still around, and founded a website called com. She was a proud member of what they called the vast right-wing conspiracy when we were wearing it as a badge of honor. Now, remember, after the Clintons left office, someone said, well, phew, at least, at least they're finally out of, their, out of our lives. And she said, oh, please, they will never go away. And I thought, well, maybe. All right, you ready to be frightened just a little bit? I don't mean to. I mean it to get you to put on your armor and be prepared 
be prepared, <laughs> you know, Semper Paradis. Doug Schoen, Democratic consultant, writing in the Wall Street Journal today. Here's the title. Hillary Clinton's 2024 election comeback. I think, what? Hillary Clinton? Someone today said, well, who do the Democrats have? Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have become unpopular, is the subtitle of this piece. And to my friend's question, who do the Democrats have? I thought a moment they were probably going to go with Andrew Cuomo, and they can't do that. Who do the de- Hillary Clinton. President Biden's low approval rating, doubts over his capacity to front run for re-election at 82, Vice President Kamala Harris's unpopularity, and the absence of another strong Democrat to lead the ticket in 2024 have created a leadership vacuum in the party, which Mrs. Clinton viably, Doug Schoen writes, could fill. She's already in an advantageous position to become the 2024 nominee. She's an experienced national figure who is younger than Mr. Biden and can offer a different approach from the disorganized and unpopular one the party is currently taking. If Democrats lose control of Congress in 2022, Mrs. Clinton can use the party's loss as a basis to run for president again, enabling her to claim the title of change candidate. Does that give you pause? It should, because I'm so tired of hearing from her. I am so tired of her self-righteousness and the media fawning over her every declarative sentence, none of which actually parse, never never any of them ever parsing out to be true. I'm so tired of that. But I will say this, initially frightened, long-term satisfied. Do you really think the American people want to try Clinton again? Again? Someone once uh, warned me, never begin a sentence the American people think, the American people want. And I take the point. It's an awfully broad thing to say. But in the context of the Democratic nominee potentially becoming the next president of the United States, I don't see anything getting better in this administration. I don't see any willingness to retool. Other presidents have changed chiefs of staff even in the first year. They've changed advisors even in the first year. The only changes that are taking place in personnel are in the vice president's office, and they're because people can't stand working for the vice president. It's going to be one of those offices, about 10 in D.C. are known to be this way, where the staff is a revolving door because the tyrant is their boss. People who work in Washington know those people. Kamala Harris is one of those people. That's the only staff changing going on. No, the Biden administration on everything, they're not seeing needed change. They're doubling down. They will fail. Securing Arizona's future one family at a time is one of his company's mottos. His Meaning he, meaning John Dombrowski, his company, Grand Canyon Planning. You can, Grand Canyon Planning Associates, you can find them on the web at grandcanyonplanning.com. He has his own radio show right here every 7 a.m. Saturday mornings on 960 The Patriot. John Dombrowski, Culture and Economy Moment. How are you, brother? Do we have John? Is it on my end? (laughs) All right. No? Yes? 
we can have him call back, right? Let's have John call back. Um, we got him now? He's on the phone. Oh, there we go. Okay. Hi, John. Hey, sorry about that. I gave you a really different and nice introduction, Ah. and then you didn't hear it. But it's okay. You didn't need to hear it. (laughs) You you know yourself well enough not to need me. I know my truth. You know your truth. (laughs) Oh, gosh, from Couples Retreat. What a great line. Vince Vaughn's line. I know my truth. Very well done. Sometimes Bill even plays that. No need right now, Bill. JD, um, I'm I'm uh, I'm interested in two stories today. I wonder if you have a thought on it. Yep. So we we mentioned yesterday that uh, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, going through confirmation hearings. I presume he'll sail through, don't you? By the way, you assume he'll sail. Through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. So the big headline in the Wall Street Journal and the story there is Powell says economy no longer needs aggressive stimulus. And um, he went down an interesting path on this. He said, what we now have is a mismatch between demand and supply. We have very strong demand in areas where supply is constrained. Think about cars. There's another article in the Wall Street Journal today about hotels. The demand is there. The hotels are not, <laughs> right? Right, right. Um, oh, the, the people. The yeah, people yeah. The people are there. there. The customers them. are there. The, the, uh, the hotels – and by that, they mean the staffing is not. Right. It's not as if right. we lost the physical buildings. Uh, that's interesting. No stimulus needed. No aggressive stimulus needed. And, and I suppose it's additionally interesting when you think about Joe Biden's Build Back Better plan that just – didn't make it through. He he's kind of saying something very very interesting and pregnant here, isn't he? Yes, yes. And what so it seems a little bit. I don't know the word I'm thinking of, but if you think about you think of stimulus, yeah. What is stimulus, right? What does that mean? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's you think really, of it for the uh, demand side, I suppose, right? The people, right? Side. So. Yeah. Right. So the stimulus basically is creating liquidity right. for the market, right. where the Fed is coming in and buying back these bonds to, right. to generate uh, liquidity in the markets so that people can have uh, cheap money, basically. Right. All right. Now, if they wanted to slow this down, because that cheap money is creating a lot of demand. Right. And then the problem on top of this is that we don't have the... Uh, Individuals, even look at airlines right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Canceling all the yeah, canceling yeah. We don't have the flights. seats. We don't. Yeah, right. The demand is there. Yeah. People want to fly. Yeah. They want to go places. Right. But they can't because of the staffing right now. Because of the uh, uh, Omicron, you know, variant of the virus is uh, limiting the number of people coming to work. Now, I think it was uh, United Airlines or whoever it was here just recently. Three thousand people uh, didn't show up for work because of they're testing positive for COVID. Yeah. So they have to cancel all these flights. This is really a challenge. It's almost, in a way, if we can get through this virus as quickly as possible, it could be a good thing, right? Yep. Where we can reach some form of herd immunity, maybe. Yep. Um, but we need to get people. But the back supply to may work. still be a problem. The supply could still be a yep. problem. So here's yep. what the Fed is saying: Okay, we're going to stop, you know, the the purchasing of the bonds. We're going to start to tighten our money policy by not purchasing bonds, and we are going to be most likely raising interest rates to slow down demand. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I got an email about a car I bought five years ago, Seth, yes. a used car. Yes. And the I think I know where you're going. Yeah, that, please. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. It's almost yeah. worth as much as yeah. it was five years yeah. ago. A yeah. used car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is going on? Yeah, yeah. I was at it's a car not- dealer's the other day. 
and I saw a used model of something I got new six right. months ago selling uh-huh. for more than what I bought my new car for. How do you like that? The right? used model. Yeah. The used yeah. – and, and by the way, it was a more bare, bared-down model. It, it wasn't the uh-huh. same model uh-huh. I got. Selling right. for more than what I bought at mine for new six months ago. So this is that demand. Yeah. And the demand is there. There's more people buying than vehicles available right now because of the shortages of the chips, as yep. we all know, for vehicles. Yep. But it, it's, it, it's, a, it's going around in just about every aspect of our, of our lives, and that's why the cost of everything is going up. It, first of all, they created this free uh, money opportunity yep. where money was – I would rather borrow money yep. than use my own cash right. because I can take the money I would have bought something with and maybe invest it, and the stock market was doing fantastic. And maybe it will so be I, forgiven even, the loan. Maybe. Yeah. And Oh, wouldn't that be right. great, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Hey. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. This is what no, we so saw. And at the same time, yeah. yeah, and at the same time, but the government did that at the same time the government was shutting down these businesses, i.e., yeah. employees, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's, and I think companies are going to be restructuring, obviously, as they, they bring people to. back to they back to work. They're going to realize who they need, who they don't need, and what they can get done uh, in a more. Uh, and I hate to say this, but they call it an efficient manner, yeah. using less people. Yeah, I don't mean to diminish anyone's no, 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 abilities. No, 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 no. That's and, their language. But, yeah. That's what the corporations are going to do. They're going to find a way to do the same amount of business or more for less cost. Yeah. And usually their biggest cost is payroll. Yep. Yep. Oh, John. Yeah. See, all of this, again, avoidable. It was just so yeah. avoidable. All yeah. right, brother. You're, you're very kind to, um, to have called in when we lost the line. I just I, – I got to get your reaction. <laughs> My audience is going crazy over this other headline. It's in the opinion section, but it – it comes with some merit in the Wall Street Journal today. <laughs> Hillary Clinton's 2024 election comeback. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the right. What? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, I think I have a bad connection. Wait, wait I've a got a minute. bad connection. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, it makes you want to have a bad connection. John, you're the oh, best. You're the best. Say your, uh, say your, say your truth. Or, or, or say, say, say the Security and Exchange Commission's truth, I suppose. Yes. Security and Advisory Services over the Client One Securities LLC, a member of Inman Sipic and an Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank you, Seth, so much. You're a good sport. We'll talk to you later. Okay, J.D. John Dombrowski. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Alan is in Phoenix. Hello, Alan. How are you, sir? Well, uh, cool afternoon here in the valley. Oh my goodness! It is pretty out, isn't it? It's what do we got in the seventies or something here? Yep, yep. I got a nice view of the mountain right beside my house, and it's very lovely out here. There you go. But our friendship should not be reduced to weather reports. Absolutely. Not. Okay. Absolutely what do you not. got for me, brother? Um, you know, there are a lot of things. One on, on whoever wrote that's a good friend of the Clintons, and and if you take the word leadership and you make it fundraiser, then. You have a, then you have an accurate story. <laughs> right. And, and of, of, of the leftist side of, of the thing, I mean, and then the word comeback. Comeback from what? Let's see. She lost to Obama. She lost Benghazi. And she lost to Trump. What is she coming back from? Yeah. She, she hasn't even fallen into a pit to come back from. You know? So, Election I mean, comeback. You could read that. You could read that to mean she actually run, run – Excuse me. She actually won the 2016 election, right? That's one right. way to read yeah. that. Yeah, another right. another denial of Trump's legitimacy, right? Um, um, her 900 FBI files are now really worthless. You know that Craig Livingstone, some hard poor line, 
way back in the day when she was first lady. Boy, so, are you, know, you the only person who remembers Craig Livingston's <sighs> name? I mean, I- he was the... Uh, I remembered. Oh, here's a test of your cultural knowledge. I had occasion to use the name, this name, the other day. I won't hold it against you if you don't know it. Most people, you shouldn't know it. Do you remember the name Jeff Galuli? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> That's, he, that yeah, goes in the con. Doesn't that belong in the same category as, uh, as, uh, as, yes, as your guy? Yes, I, 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 I could pick out that name. Yes, yeah. Jeff Galuli, yes. It goes um, in the same. Yeah, Craig Livingston goes in the same category and, somehow. It is, and and the leftists. Well, plus the Biden. We don't we don't care about Biden. Biden has no popularity because he doesn't do anything. It's the Obama, Valerie Jarrett, Susan Rice thing that's going on. And I think you're right. I think you're right. I think this is an Obama party. It is. Everything is a daily chaos event, and it's all it's the global left, and they have one last chance. They manufactured eighty million votes to come after our guns. Period. That's all they want. They this one six was first chaos event that they could try to blame on people, and they bungled it so bad that the, the, the evidence is everywhere, and it's so sad. you got people sitting in jail for, for nothing. But you know what's interesting? Joe, quick- Joe Biden invoked it today in this speech he gave. It didn't, the January 6th thing, a terrible mm-hmm. statement he made, January 6th shouldn't be seen as the end of democracy, blah, blah, blah. Right. You know what? It got no applause. It got no applause. I don't think people are buying the January 6th narrative, the way the Democrats are trying to sell it. I just don't think Well, because they only have six people to sell it to. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like, you know, it's the old fax machine thing. You know, you send one, you know, a guy with a fax machine sends out of it, and the next thing it's a crisis, but it's not when you look around your own neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. See, and the the Democrats have the winning candidate, but the party will never choose her. See, Donald Trump had enough chutzpah to challenge the party and and overrun the goobers that would have rather have elected Jeb or some other yeah. of these cruisy yeah. typey nonsensey typey people that we don't care about okay. that do what they're told. Yeah. But Tulsi Gabbard, if they if the Democrats really would have wanted to win straight up, all they would have had to do is promote her. But she they won't because she's not one of them. She's their Trump. She hates them. She hates what they stand for. She's not a leftist. Um, you know, it's like Kirsten Sinema. Sinema's not a leftist. She's just a happy liberal from the you know the seventies. Uh, and just a little more eclectic. But she's not a I hate America leftist grubbing, you know. Mark Kelly has to look himself in the mirror every day and go, man, I'm an astronaut, a U.S. I'm not this stuff. I don't want to be labeled as. as you know what's interesting Google. about that, Alan? This is such an interesting call. And I don't want you to rush, and I don't want anyone on hold to leave. This is so interesting. Because think about the, the what you just said with regard to Kelly and cinema. Because I think you're right about both of them. But, boy, they have played their hands differently, haven't they? I mean, Kelly has kind of been a coward about it. He really has. He, he doesn't do public appearances. It's not like he's teaching courses at ASU the way cinema is, you know, when she was followed into the bathroom and all that stuff. It's kind of interesting. Cinema seems to be willing to take incoming. Kelly seems to, though he's the one who's the astronaut and she's the one who's the trained social worker. Think about who's hard America, who's soft America. She's portraying but, but, kind but, but, of a hardness, and he's portraying kind of a wimpiness in a weird way. Do you agree with that? Um, no, he's he's no, he's an astronaut. He's an introvert. He doesn't do that game. Oh, okay. that's not him. Okay. He's not. That's not who he is personally. Okay, you don't get to be who he is by you know being that uh, affront. Okay, you know Kirsten's a personable person. She's outgoing. She teaches spin or goes to spin. You know she's yeah. she's on the go all the time. Yeah. That's not who he is. Okay, and then on the other side, he doesn't want to go to events where he has to start touting a whole lot of stuff that he really doesn't believe. Okay. I mean, Mark Kelly, God bless him, all he did as a freshman the whole time was go to the cash condo and make his call. 
that's what freshman senator do. They Pretty much, that's right. Yeah, no, that's right. Scientists, yeah. They don't care what you come for. That's you right. got there because we paid your dues. That's now right. You gotta go now you help the party. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's why he starts off. We don't want to hear from you this year. Your job is over at the NR, uh, uh, ND, right. uh, NDCC. Here's, here's right, right, the, right, right. NDSC, here's right. Here's a list of the votes that right. are coming up, and here's right. how you voted. Oh, by the way, this is how you voted. Thank yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you've got a good read on it. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. That's fine. No, 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 no. But, but, but. Tulsi Gabbard is, is again the, is, is the same thing. She's the Donald Trump. She doesn't. She wouldn't put up with this nonsense. And the party people are extinguishing their last hope. You know, they're never going to get Newsom in there. Gavin's a, a clown and a half. You know, Cuomo got off with not going to jail somehow because he has more dirt on everybody else over there. So you can't put him in jail. And and the rest of it's a circus. Do you agree yeah. uh, with me? I, and I don't have a strong opinion about this. It's my best of guesses. That had Cuomo not gotten into trouble, he would have kind of been the Democrat in waiting to run for president. Um, he would have. Yeah, I think so. Right now, now I've got to take a break, but I promise you time. Okay. So just hold with me and we'll come okay. back to you and everyone Absolutely. else on hold, too. OK, I'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is great. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Alan, how are you, sir? Thanks for waiting. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, to finish this off real quick, the only people right now currently within the administration that are sellable, you've got to remember this is a sale thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you have to be able to raise money and sell your product. Yep. And the only product that they have currently is um, Racist Road Pete Buttigieg and his partner now that they have a child, and he got to take paternity leave. Yeah. They, have the Hallmark, they have the Hallmark movie story right there, yeah. and that's all they can sell. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, that's the only way that they could win in 24. They have you know, none of the other people. They'll never pick Tulsi Can I Gabbard. throw another name at you that people throw at me? I don't think it's viable. I don't think it's going to happen. But people throw this name at me sometimes. I'm curious about your response. Michelle Obama. Oh, Chuck, no. Yeah, no, I don't she, think so no. either. Yeah. No, because she, doesn't, she can't stand the screen. That's she, my reason. Again, she doesn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she didn't want it in the first place. Okay. Uh, we could go through a whole thing. No, no, no. We agree. We're, we're on president. the same page. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, here's my here's my ticket. OK, yep. this, this would be a winning ticket. OK. OK. Trump on the ticket is vice president and uh, ambassador to the United Nations. U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. Have a double play job to actually have the job actually do something. And Tulsi Gabbard is president. I think they would actually collect 80 million votes because she's sensible and he could use his skills to manage the government and sit in the frickin' Senate and reorganize the legislature and Congress and get that all. That's not that's what he the, does, that's though. But that's not is. what he does. You no, got you got to agree. He, he doesn't do that kind of work. That's not his expertise. No, but he could organize that in his own way and go to the UN. He would love sitting in the UN ambassador. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I I I agree with you. I would love his voice in the UN. I would love that. Right. But right. I don't know that that's what he would want. Let me ask you this. Um, are, are you pretty comfortable with Tulsi Gabbard? I mean, are you good with all her positions? Um, if you look at her background and you take away positions that she might have had to take in order to be elected in a certain way out there in Hawaii, you, you, there are certain positions that you may softly take that you don't really hold true. Um, and knowing what she said and what she has done in the past. Yeah, I would. I okay, but that's a leap of seri- that's a series of leaps of faith. Why wouldn't you go with a tried and true conservative who's proven him um, or herself? Ronald Reagan used to be a Democrat. I know, but that Ronald was uh, yeah, I know, but that he had 40 no, years of his experience as a Republican. <laughs> I know, and he ran because, as a Republican. Because she's, because she's not a leftist. See, the Democratic Party of today is not 
is not the, the, the liberals of the past. It's the but she of, is a Democrat who held, as Ron, of four years ago, some very liberal views. Why yeah, wouldn't you go with a Ron DeSantis or a Christy Noem over her? Um, I think she's a better voice and, and a better media star, and that pays a lot of dividends, and I think she's more true. I All think right. she can be much more honest. Okay. And, okay. She, and, and by doing that, I think they could do it. All right. I, you and I will probably have an ongoing disagreement about that. I just, I just, I just think... I think the stakes are high. I like the idea of Trump at the United Nations. <laughs> Boy, do I like that idea. Um, they need it. They need it not to build it back better, perhaps, but to engage in some form of creative destruction, I suppose. All right, brother. Thank you. If you're on hold, don't go away. Open line for uh, you the whole next hour. 602 508 We'll be right back. 